HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is supported by HRN business member, Analytics Solutions. Analytics Solutions empower business owners to confidently make informed decisions and positively impact profitability. They provide a host of technology-enabled solutions for small to mid-sized businesses across a range of industries, including restaurants, food service delivery, and restaurant consulting. Visit analytix.com to learn more. Analytics Solutions supports HRN's creative educational reporting and storytelling that drive conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. I'm Chapati This is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps green geeks bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, rural Mexico, and sometimes cacao and coffee. Yes, and that's very exciting because, you know, like as much as I love agave spirits, uh, and they're infinite, there's uh, no way to finish the vast, vast realm that agave sotol and the many other traditions of spirits have in Mexico. I'm so realizing that maybe we've been lying to people. <laughs> well, I, I know I've been lying to people, but what specifically have we been lying about, Java? Well, I don't think we're just agave road trip. I think it's starting to expand. I, 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 Java, I, I, what? We're agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. Okay, we just okay. don't talk about the cities. Yeah, okay. Actually, actually, that makes more sense because yeah. you know we just made a trip that I have been wanting to do for years. Well, we didn't make the trip. We were, we were participants in we a trip. We were invited. Yes. Generously invited. Yes, by Give our friends credits. at Dark Matter Coffee. Best espresso in Chicago, hands down. Yep. And then they were joined by Rick Bayless and his crew from Topolobampo. If you ever want to party in the right way, those are the kids. Party? I mean, yeah, Sack even plays the congas. I mean, it's because you go to bed at nine. Oh, you, you, yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. you mean travel with them. You don't mean like go to Topolobampo and expect oh, no, to make no, a mess. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, well, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't think they will appreciate me saying that. that. Is, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, we went there to see cacao and coffee. Yeah. And, 
You know, it's it's interesting to me because I think when you plan a trip around the Gavi Spirits, it's uh, basically a puff crawl in many ways. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You're going to all of these places. You're trying the stuff. You go with every mezcalero and they will give you the finished product that it's the same state of the art that if you go to a Michelin star restaurant. Sure. So what you're trying at the Palenque yeah. or the Vinata or the Taberna is exactly the same you will be paying 80 $100 a shot in a Michelin star place. Interesting. And what you're suggesting then is when we show up to these uh, these forests where they're growing coffee and they're growing cacao, you're not tasting the end product. You're not trying uh, an espresso shot done with a uh, marsocco or a slayer. Oh, that, and that is, that's a really, God, I'm sorry. That's an interesting point. You know, in fact, so so uh, Kelly from Dark Matter was even saying, like, it looks, the, the, the coffee that we're looking at here, the beans look good, uh, but we need to get a sample back home that we've roasted ourselves before we understand what the coffee tastes and like. And that they extract themselves in different processes and that they can really get to what the final product that you're going to consume in Chicago is going to taste like. And I think your imagination has to be so much better when you're going a cacao and coffee trip because you have to you have to be making all this like you your expertise has to be so on point that you have to imagine all these things. Yeah. You're looking at uh, at, at the fruit, you're tasting the cherry, you are yes, you're doing cuppings and and whatnot, but that is not the final product. Well, and, well, well the cupping actually is. It's just not your final product. It, it, it is a, and they were saying that that's not yeah. the best way to enjoy the coffee, but it's a great way to evaluate a lot of coffees. Yeah. It's still not the best possible shape and forming which you will encounter coffee. Well, or that specific bean. Well, oh, I, I actually, I, t- I had a different takeaway from this. My read on it was we just process the the green coffee beans differently than they do. So now we know what their version of the expression is. But when we take that raw ingredient, and that's really, I think, what you're saying is this is a, th- these were trips about raw ingredients, not about end product that that even after tasting all those coffees and those cuppings they recognized some of the inherent problems but then also thought about what would this taste like if we had processed it would we have been able to cover up some of those problems that they or expand or expand the the beauty of the bean yeah you know so i mean there's a bunch of layers to this i mean i mean you hear the part that you want to hear i hear the part that i want to hear that's cool that's fine but I think that that it's harder, really, to like for enthusiasts that is just getting into coffee or just getting into cacao to take a trip. It's it's not as exciting, like you know, they're not. Well, like you know, I mean, it is, but at the same time, you, they're no, not. They're no. not. They're, they're not. They're not cooking fifteen tons of agave in front of your face, and you're seeing this primordial use of force and strength and, 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 and wood and fire, you know, like there's nothing like that in this realm. Well, so, you know, it's funny. I, I, it's more that subtle. Was, it's more subtle. This was, this was your first cacao trip. That is very correct. Yeah. So this was my second one. And my takeaway from the first one was almost exactly what yours is. And, uh, and now with this being my second one, my takeaway was, my, my takeaway from the first time was, I'm bringing a whole bunch of chocolate bars with me on this trip because you, you're traveling all around and you're seeing the cacao and you're tasting the cacao seeds and you're not eating chocolate. I'm like, I can't do that, mm. right? So right. So we were fully stocked on chocolate this time. But you know, the other thing was I had 
an even greater appreciation for the little bits that we got to taste. So, you know, cracking open those cacao pods. Oh, that was, that was right delicious. In, on, in the forest, eating the mucilage, right? Mm. That beautiful white gooey substance that is the, the sugar source for the cacao. Um, eating that and then drinking the, the, the water that comes out of it. Well, the juice that comes out of the mucilage that also can be alcoholic. But yeah. we still have to find someone that can do that. Yeah, which is another interesting point that does feel to me like it goes back to the trips that we take, which is, you know, there are these traditions that have disappeared. And how do you, like, A, do you, is there an importance to uh, reviving those traditions? And if there is, how do you support the revival? I mean, there's so much, again, so much to talk about this. Like, my mind's still trying to process a lot of what we saw. But I think that that it's such a more subtle thing. And it's also the other thing that I realized, it's the big, big thing about this, it's about the farming. You rarely, I mean, you go to an agave field here and there, like you spend like 15 seconds under the scorching sun if you go to Unless a- you're with Lalo and yeah. that's eight hours. I mean, and, and it just so happens that it that many palenques or many vinatas are far away from the agaves and it's not necessarily the nicest road to take. So you might see a few agaves, but you rarely spend most of your time on the agricultural side of agave. Yeah. You know, like that's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. when you make a trip, that's not the highlight of the trip usually. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, many times you will go to Abinata and never see where they're getting their agaves from. But here, that is the critical part. And, yeah. and just hearing the Dark Matter kids referring to like, oh, do you see the leaf structure of this tree? Right. Do you see how they're pruning? Do you see the amount of organic matter on the soil? Like, it's just an eye that it's educating a complete different way that I think we as Agave Spirits kids are, are educated or our priorities are like usually elsewhere all of that yes but let me let me throw something else out at you and and maybe i'm just misunderstanding this but i think there's another connection between the cacao coffee and agave that's interesting unless i completely misunderstood what was going on very possible but but my understanding uh from not so much the cacao but certainly the coffee um is that the way that it grows is generally best grows is generally on a hillside. No, no, flatland <laughs> is fine. I, 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 uh, I, I think it depends. Like something that kept on happening in the conversations where we were having with them, yeah. it was a lot of well, it depends. It depends, which it, is it also depends, a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but when you get down to it, the point that I was headed toward, right, is there aren't a lot of machines that can do the harvesting. This is really work by hand, right? I will think that if you go to the scale of Folders Coffee or, you know, like just like massive, massive farmers plantation, like plantations of coffee, sure. But what we visited was a co-op that if you have more than five extras per producer, you're kicked out. Well, yeah, except that we were having very specifically the Folgers conversation, and my understanding of what Folgers does is they go around to these co-ops, and the larger co-ops, to be fair, but it's not like Folgers has these fields full of machines that they're just basically buying stuff that's the leftovers. Maybe, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they, there there has to be massive plantations in Colombia or Guatemala where I, I can, I mean, 
I, I need to read more about this, but I, I don't see this <laughs> as a, as a, as a, like as an impossibility. Well, so let's do this. Let's have future Chava do some research. It, it, it doesn't really matter. I think well, what but matter, it does, well, but it does. The reason I think it matters is when you're talking about the agricultural practices, this to me gets back to the, the very base of what I find fascinating about uh, rural Mexico is this adherence to pre-industrial methods of doing things and, and, and the importance of that. I, I actually will claim that in the coffee realm, you have a mix. So we went to this, uh, th this little farm on a hillside, which was actually challenging to get on top. Like everybody was suffering a little bit. I remember you shouting at me, how far are we walking? How far are we walking? Did you ask them? Like that. And I was like, Lou, it's fine. It's fine. We'll get somewhere. And uh, it was it was very steep. And it was, it was a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of land. And yes, there's no way to harvest that if you're not using your hands. But once it gets to the dry meal, they were using super sophisticated oh, machines. Oh, without question. Uh, I'm not uh, suggesting and, and that, that, that there's is, no that there's no mechanisms. Uh, what I am saying is that there's still at least that tradition and in, in part of the practice that looks to me a lot like the agave spirits. Yes, and and that again, but that's that's I think the the focus of that is the farming. That's the land. The way they treat the land. Actually, I do remember that they were talking about uh, hillside land. And at least these guys were saying that it's tremendously challenging to work with it because a lot of your organic material on the soil gets washed. So you have to be very intensively taking care of that. Otherwise, it can get eroded rather easily. Yeah. And I mean, again, like, and there's some all of these things that the dark matter guys were telling us like, well, yes, like there's still like so, so much room for debate. There's things that the industry says, oh, this is the way to go about it. There's right. still the, like, it's again, it's a lot of depends it it's if it makes sense in mexico if it makes sense in that specific hillside i mean even what they were referring to about the altitude coffee mm -hmm. this notion of like it has to be 1200 meters above sea level to be the cool stuff well, high to quality. be the cool stuff literally to qualify as a specialty coffee yeah and they're saying like dude you can find beautiful beautiful flavors mm -hmm. in 900 and even a little bit lower than that and it's just that the hipsters decided that only Tobala is the right agave. I don't, I don't think it was the hipsters. I suspect that was a trade association. No, but, but they were saying the hipsters. They, well, okay, they, they, so they hipsters in the trade association. The yeah, 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 they're yeah, part of it. Yeah. But I mean, just it, it was an extremely refreshing trip. It's also like the the cultures in Chiapas and Tabasco are so distinct to many of the places that we go. It's just like to have access again to Tzotzilat, Celtal approaches to food their landscapes everything was it was tremendously nice so i think that we should get out more and posh yeah. what posh yeah. posh is beautiful who for whoever doesn't know posh is a spirit made with sugarcane corn and wheat sometimes and uh, sometimes sometimes not and it, it can be delicious and it I can it, be it can be it can and, we, be. and we try how and many we, great poshes did you have on this trip two <laughs> out of how many five Oh, come on. We didn't try more than five poshes. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. There was not a lot. Okay. Which, again, super exciting. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. We'll, we'll make a whole episode about poshes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, the other thing that, that I found exciting about it was to see these uh, these forests of cacao and these forests of coffee that were, that were, in essence, integrated with different species so that you get that biodiversity in one beautiful place. But even that was controversial. Uh, it, it was, uh, the conversation was like, okay, sure, but then you have things fighting for nutrients on the soil for coffee. 
So what is your objective? To have a more biodiverse, healthier land, to have the best possible coffee? Is even the best possible coffee possible sustainable? It's really interesting because I didn't hear that at all. What I heard was that by mixing them, you had you had a coffee varietal that was shorter and broader that would actually protect a different varietal from the wind. Yeah, well, yes, but there there was a, it's, there were many layers to this conversation. The dark matter guys were telling this that there's actually a trade-off. Of course, you have a certain amount of nutrients in the soil, yeah. and the more things you have there, the more competition there is for them. So, well, but whether it's whether it's it's you know fifty plants of the same variety or fifty plants of different varieties, you're still going to have that competition. Yeah, but the thing is, it's all coffee. What the, the other people were talking about is planting bananas, planting fruit, oh, okay. planting, so, yeah, 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 which was also another big uh, conversation of if you have 200 different varietals of coffee, is that good enough for biodiversity? It's right. all coffee. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of food for thought. It, it was an amazing, amazing trip. Literally San Cristobal. I, I'm so in love with their textiles now and so in love with their candles. Pro tip. If you're buying a lot of candles in San Cristobal, and if you are going there, you will. I promise that. Uh, try to check them. Uh, people get weird. In your luggage. Checked in, luggage. Don't carry them on. Yeah, no, I got confiscated a significant amount of money invested in, in candles. And really? Spent, How much did you spend on candles? I'm not going to disclose that, but I, was very, I have not been that angry at an airport in probably a decade. I was very, very angry. Said as a guy who's never tried to rent a car at an airport. Yeah, sure. Okay. Anyways, I think that's it. Okay, well, let's call it a wrap, Chava. Adios, joven. Hasta pronto. <laughs> This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.